Welcome to another episode of the Double Coma Club with your host, Nicole Ruth of the Ruth Team, the number one lending team in Colorado. I want to talk about interest rates, and that's all I want to talk about. I want to make this all about what's going on with the fear around interest rates. When are they going to come back down? I mean, that's a huge question right now, and I'm bringing it up because I'm getting asked a lot. Uh, I was on a market trends committee meeting yesterday with DMAR, and that also became a debate whether it was going to be eight months or 24 months from now before we see some sort of drop in interest rates. We have experts on Housing Wire and on Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and NAR all confessing some prediction about interest rates. And I'm not going to stand here and say I have the answers because I'd be lying. And of course, all of the predictions are only as good as the paper they're written on. But let's talk about the reality of interest rates, the time that we have in front of us, the opportunities for purchasing a home and the impact it actually has on your monthly budget. Where we're at in interest rates today, we could not have seen a year ago. A year ago, we were four points lower. We've never quite seen anything like it where we raised that fast, that much. And so, of course, the fear around interest rates right now has more to do with the speed by which than the actual interest rate. I mean, my parents, and I'm sure many of you or your parents, purchase homes at 18%, 16%, 12%. I purchased my first home at 8%. I didn't think twice about it. But it didn't go from 3% to 8% when I was buying, right? It was literally coming down at the time. I thought I got a great deal. So it is mostly perspective. The downside to today is that we have two years of the highest appreciating market on top of a massive spike in interest rates. So affordability is way off whack. But let's talk about interest rates because I really want to talk about what could happen this spring. Now, I've written blogs and I've talked a lot about the fact that I really do think we're going to get pushed into a recession late next spring and see interest rates drop between spring and summer. And I want to tell you why I think that. And then I want to tell you why I'm telling you today that it could happen either eight or 18 months from now. And why Andrew and I were debating this, where he thinks it's going to be 24 months from now, and other people think it's even going to be faster than that. Here's what the linchpin is in interest rates today. Employment. So the Federal Reserve has a single mandate at this time. They are typically a two-mandate agency, working on the things that people purchase the price that people purchase things at which is really inflation controlling the price that americans pay for the products they buy and then the second thing is providing a space where those people who want to work can find jobs right so keeping unemployment low and keeping inflation low right now we've got a lot of wage inflation which is driving up our overall inflation, our core inflation, if you will. We've got headline and we've got core. And I'm really talking and focusing on core because headline right now is coming down because gasoline is coming down, but core is staying strong. So as I'm looking at interest rates over the next two to three quarters, 
I'm really watching employment, specifically unemployment. Because when unemployment starts to go up, the Fed's measure right now, their target is 4.4. We just dropped last month from 3.7 to 3.5%. It went the wrong way. They're trying to push people into pain. We've talked about this, right? Households and businesses need to feel pain. That pain replicates itself into unemployment. Unemployment if mom and dad lose their jobs and those kids can't have the vacations or the goods or maybe Christmas or whatever that looks like, it's going to be different. It's going to cause pain. People are going to spend less. Right now, people don't want to spend less. They're just putting the spending on credit cards. We're seeing credit card spending going up. All of this is keeping inflation up. Even meanwhile, we're seeing manufacturing and shipping and gasoline, all prices coming down. Yet, wage inflation is still up. Housing, we've seen the rent is still up. That's a lagging indicator. So there are still core components to inflation that are holding on. The biggest one is wages. The Fed wants to calm wages. They want people to lose their jobs and go get another job for less money. They want people to stay unemployed for a short period of time to stop spending. They need demand and supply to come back in check. That is going to control inflation and allow it to drop back down again, which is going to help our bonds and our interest rates. It hinges on employment. Right now, we just went, as I said, from 3.7 to 3.5. Our target is 4.4, and you're like, well, that's not that big of a difference. But when you're talking about the entire United States and the numbers that that would create of people on unemployment, loss of job, loss of spending, or maybe other people who didn't lose their jobs, just afraid to lose their jobs, spending less, saving more, holding up, all of that is going to create the space where we're going to see interest rates drop. Now, let's get back to the eight months versus 18 months versus 24 months. So eight months to 18 months. Why have I been saying that we're going to see, theoretically, a drop in interest rates somewhere around the end of next spring? I'm tying it to the fact that the Fed wants to raise their Fed rate to four and a half. The most recent Fed watch actually said, estimated that the Fed wants to raise it to 5%. So somewhere between four and a half and five, and they've been saying four and a half pretty openly. People are starting to question whether or not they're going to go for five, go a little bit higher, and then they want to stay there. They are not going to drop it right away. They need to create stability where more people lose their job because of the high cost of everything the high cost of credit card spending, the high cost of business reinvestment, the high cost of all things is tied to that short-term rate, which is tied to the Fed rate, not the mortgage rates. I just want to clarify that because just because the Fed rate goes up doesn't mean the mortgage rates are going up. So the Fed wants to push it up. Right now we're sitting at three to three and a quarter. It's always a range and they want to have it go up to to four and a half, 4.75 or 4.75 to five in that range and then stay there. There's a lot of talk that we'll see 0.75% at this next meeting and then 0.75 again in, uh, what are we at? We're in October. So in November and then in December. So if we see the Fed rate continue to go up and if it continues to go up through March is what they're talking about. So it depends on how much they raise it between here and March. 
So if we see them continue to push the Fed rate up, and they've stated several times that they're going to goal for, their goal is March, then we're going to tip into this recession. The cost of everything is going to start to be too high, and people are going to start to lose their jobs trying to hang on. We're going to start to see that falter off. A lot of people, uh, I still believe that we're not in a recession yet. We're seeing manufacturing slowing down. We're seeing unemployment went the wrong way. Unemployment has to go up, all the things. That is why I think we're going to see interest rates dip at the end of next spring. Now, if we see there is a lot of mayhem in the secondary market for bonds right now. And I'm saying this specifically because if we get any sort of, if unemployment even starts to go up, even a tick, not a lot, or if we see some other recessionary measures, we could see that the bonds I don't want to say normalize, but we could see some relaxation in the secondary market that allows the interest rates to drop from where they are right now at seven and a quarter back down to what, six and a half, right? Get back to where I think they're overinflated for where the 10 year treasury is. And the 10 year treasury right now is hovering around 4%. Remember, historically, the 30 year fixed is 1.65 to 1.80 over. The 10 year treasury. That would mean we would be sitting at, if we're at four, we would be sitting at five and a half, maybe six, certainly not seven and a quarter. I think that there's a lot of stress in the secondary market that's pushing that 30 year fixed. If we get any kind of uh, stabilization in the secondary market, allowing that 30 year fix to even drop down into the sixes, that is not this. That is not the full on drop in the bond yields giving us the recession. So we could see that, we could see some more volatility. I just wanna fair warn you, because if we see a little bit of a dip at the end of this year, it will be a blessing. But I don't really think that that's the recession. I think it's gonna be a false peak, and I think we'll see it again in the middle of next year. Now, why 18 months? There are people that are talking about the fact that if the Fed holds the Fed rate up to four and a half to 5% and then stays there, It could take, because inflation is a lagging indicator, it could take inflation a whole nother six to 12 months to catch up because rents just don't move on a dime. Neither do wages. So if rents and wages don't come down, that core inflation stays up, it could take all of 2023 to work itself out, which is where we're thinking spring of 2024. All of this to say, I could sit on the sidelines and be afraid, or I could continue to live my life knowing that the opportunity that I can get today in the real estate market is more prevalent and weighted towards buyers, and then refinance when the opportunity presents, whether I refinance on the little dip when and if we see one or on the larger dip. But the refinance is always available to you I had a fantastic conversation with some buyers that Colleen had sent me, and thank you for that, where she had actually gotten them under contract for over 120,000 off asking, the current asking, which had already dropped 300,000. This is a market for opportunity. This is a market that buyers should be out regardless of the rate. Because here's the deal, if I buy a $700,000 home and I put $200,000 down, $500,000 loan amount at seven and a quarter, that P&I payment is 3411. Everyone wants to compare it to what was lost. Okay, I could have had a three and a quarter a year ago. Yes, but you would not. 
on any planet have gotten $420,000 off of asking a year ago. The market was too intense. We needed it to slow down. And the only way to get it to slow down was a rise in interest rates. Yet when we finally get the rise in interest rates, it's not at all what we wanted, but we still want the slowdown. They come together. So at seven and a quarter, I can't compare it to I lost the opportunity of $1,200 a month. I know you want to, and I know it sounds reasonable, and yes, it is real, <clears throat> but I would not have gotten the deal that I can get today. So instead, what if I could drop it to five and a quarter when we see this dip? Or what if I compare it to more normalized? This was never normal. Let's be serious. No banks could sustain holding 30-year notes for 30 or for, at three and a quarter. Five and a quarter to seven and a quarter, that difference is 650 for that loan amount. Is that still a lot? Yes, but can I afford it? Does it work? Can I get into the home? And then can I refinance? Don't focus on the interest rate and the loss of opportunity and what you should have, could have, would have done, and instead focus on what can I provide to my family, to my lifestyle, to my future today with the opportunity to refinance whether it's eight months or 18, or Andrew's 24, because this too shall pass, because it does. Our economy works in cycles. That's it, focus on the payment. Guys, don't get so wrapped up in the rates because the rates will come down. I don't see them going that much higher. The economy would have to be extremely strong to do so. Yet we might stay here for a hot minute while the Fed continues to raise the Fed rate. That's it for today. I hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your Tuesday, and I'll talk to you then. You've been listening to The Double Comma Club. Never miss an episode. Subscribe at thedoublecommaclub.com to hear more success stories and to get free tips on how you can get on the path to becoming a millionaire through real estate at any age. Remember, visit thedoublecommaclub.com and subscribe.